Just a quick heads up, this show contains sensitive and graphic material that might not be for everyone. If you don't enjoy in-depth true crime, humor about true crime, and drinking, please don't continue. We want to be respectful of the victims in these crimes, but as for the criminals, we just don't give a shit. Welcome to Crimes and Cocktails, a podcast where we explore true crime while drinking a customized cocktail created by Tabitha and Katie. Hey guys, it's Tabitha. And I'm Katie. Welcome back to Crimes and Cocktails. Woo-hoo. Today we're going to be talking about some a little bit of murder, a little bit of haunted places. Water. Yes, murder. Murder. Um, this is actually going to be a two-parter. Um, we were surprised because neither one of us had heard of this case, but it's a pretty big one. Um, I think Tabitha was watching Haunted History Show on, yeah. um, when she was on the plane and came across it. I was watching this, uh, you know, I was on Hulu going through the docks, like, just, what am I going to watch? <laughs> and then there's this thing called, I think it's called Haunted History is what it's called. And they had some really interesting cases. Uh, one of the ones that really creeped me out was about Hurricane Katrina and, like, some crazy shit that was going down around that time frame. But then I came across this one, and I was really surprised I'd never heard about this murder. Um, like, it's, you know, it's basically like an American version of of Jack the Ripper, and I was just like, how have I not heard of this guy? Yeah, I hadn't heard of this either until you brought it up. That's like an episode you wanted to do, and I'm like, what the? <laughs> so, it's going to be fun. So, we're going to do a little history mystery. Uh, between the years of 1934 and 1938, 13 decapitated bodies were found in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, they became known as the Cleveland Torso Murders, or the work of the Mad Butcher of Kingsbury Run. Um, this is an unsolved case, um, but there are some strong theories that we'll go over later. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I honestly don't... I kind of hate, honestly, reading about unsolved cases because it drives me mad. Um, I know. I'm just like, I want to know. I want to know. Especially with all the science that we have today. I'm like, we've got DNA. Like, how yeah. do we not know? But, Ugh, I mean, man. this is almost When I die, God's ago. like, going to be like, what would you like to know? And I'm all, tell me who was the murderer here? Who was the murderer here? At first, I thought <laughs> you were going to be like, yeah, when here? I die and you guys test my DNA. <laughs> I'm like, oh. where are you going with this? <laughs> Y'all know I was counting. 13 unsolved murders suddenly oh solved. <laughs> oh my god, no. Yeah, so... It was me. It was me. Tell Circe. It was me. It was me. Oh my gosh. So before we talk about me, we and theories and hauntings and a little bit all of it, we are definitely going to need some drinking. And let me tell you why I especially need a drink tonight. <laughs> Tonight is not like just a normal average Tabitha and Katie shit-ass life night. This is the cherry on the shit-ass life. This is the Sunday. cherry on the motherfucking daiquiri of this shit drink called life. So, if you are following us on Instagram, uh, check no, you're again. Not. You're not. <laughs> 
check again because you're not. So it happened. Apparently, I've I don't really know if if I've just had a string of bad luck with social media, which is ridiculous because that is my job. My career is actually in social media. Who knew mom would be so proud? But um, I think like two weeks ago, someone made a fake profile of me and was had like taken some pictures, some of my slightly more risque pictures and tried to say I had like, you know, set up like an own, my own OnlyFans account, which, hey, if you have your own OnlyFans account, no hate. I don't discriminate. Get that money, honey. I don't have one of that. And if I did have one of those, I would like to be getting the money for it, not <laughs> someone else getting the money for it. But yeah, someone set up an account and they put a lot of pornographic things on this Instagram and then followed a bunch of like my friends. So everyone was like, is this your account? Is this you? Are you side hustling? Like, who is this? I'm like, that is not me. Uh, Things going okay in Florida? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's real rough. Uh, My aunt thought, like, it was me and definitely asked me that question. And I'm like, no. Over turkey and Thanksgiving. Over turkey. (laughs) You know what this turkey leg reminds me of? (laughs) The legs I saw on that Instagram. But, um... So that was kind of like the beginning of my bad luck with social media. But I was like, whatever, this happens all the time. It's not, you know, it's not like I'm targeted or anything. But then over the weekend, while visiting family for Thanksgiving in California, I started getting notifications that someone's trying to get into my account. And it didn't say what account it was, which is now looking back. I'm like, maybe, I don't know, maybe something was fishy with my phone. I have no idea. It's, it happened slow and fast at the same time like I started getting notifications on a Friday night that someone was trying to get into my account from Chicago and I kept denying it and I kept changing my password I at first thought it was my Google account someone was trying to get into so I kept changing my Google passwords and then I realized it was Facebook and then all of a sudden it was like oh they're trying to get in from Vietnam now oh they're trying to get in from Mexico now and I'm just like what the hell's going on like this isn't me and Facebook all it does Facebook, all you fucking do is when it tells you that someone's trying to log in, it just automatically prompts you to reset your password. And apparently every time I reset it, someone was intercepting that and getting the new password. And so long story short, um, hackers got into my Facebook and from there they got into all the social media accounts that I manage um, for work and personal and they tried to, you know, get financial information, which thankfully they were not able to, but they locked me out of uh, the accounts that I manage. And then they posted child pornography on my personal Facebook. So that immediately blacklisted me off of Facebook and Instagram. And therefore we lost our Instagram as a result of that. <sighs> So now we have a new Instagram that is going to be at crimes.cocktails. Um, so you guys can follow us on there if you are a true you can, listener. Yeah. One <laughs> of our three list- three followers. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so we're kind of starting over in that regard. But, you know, there's nothing we could do about it right now. If we at some point are able to get that account back, um, you know, we'll, we'll start using that again and keep you guys updated. 
but Whichever it might not be followers. for a while or at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, this is a really shitty. We still, our Twitter is still live and active. Going strong. <laughs> for all four of you following it. And that is uh, cocktails.crimes. And our Patreon is still lit, you know, for all of our beautiful patrons at Crimes and Cocktails. But yeah, for Instagram, please go give us a follow and tell like five of your friends to follow us because, you know, we do this for fun and we don't like really make money off doing this we don't have a lot of time we can really put in this but we enjoy doing it so we do it and we like talking true crime with each other and we like talking about true crime with you guys but it's kind of deflating when it's like man we set this up two years ago we were so excited we finally got like 1600 followers and now (laughs) we're just like back to the beginning (laughs) yeah tell physic meet me back at the beginning so here I am. So here I am. Again. Back at the beginning. <laughs> and just like, aww. Yeah, so it sucks. So now um, we really have to do a giveaway to get followers. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. <laughs> you get a shirt. You get a shirt. You get a shirt. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't know. If, you, if, do if someone gets me like, hey, if you know how to get a hold of anyone at Facebook, can you please let us know at crimes.cocktails at gmail.com? If you know Zuckerberg, punch him in the goddamn yeah. face. Sucker punch that Zuckerberg. Zucker punch him. <laughs> yeah, Zucker punch him. Because this is fucking bullshit. Like, it's such bullshit that, like, Facebook, meta, the metaverse, whatever, like, it runs all these different platforms, right? And there's no real people you can talk to. Like, no one. I know a couple people that actually work for Meta, but they work in like, you know, random departments and I talk to them and they're like, yeah, I talk to my boss and they don't know anything about anyone you can talk to because all they do is this one little thing for the department. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, there has to be somebody. There has to be somebody. It's all, um, automated stuff. Like no one will hear my case and the argument is just constantly like, well, you post this. So goodbye. And I'm like, you know what? On one hand, I'm really grateful that there is software that's, like, so quick to act on anything heinous being posted like that. I'm, I am grateful because, unfortunately, I did see the video that was posted. It was horrendous. Um, but at the same time, there doesn't seem to be a way for me to prove that it wasn't me or that I was hacked, even though I've had a Facebook for almost 20 years and I've never posted anything like that before. And yeah. It's just... It sucks. I'm like, I need a real person. So, so we're taking drinks tonight. And then on top of that, on top of that, I also lost my ID while in California and had to fly across the country without ID. And um, it's not fun to do that. Like, they strip search you. They go through all of your bags. They ask you all your personal live questions, like, who'd you last date? Where did you live last? What's the name of your dog? Like, all this weird stuff. And I'm just like, having a hell of a day. And then today I forgot my wallet, <laughs> forgot my badge to get into work. Like, it's a hell of a day. It's a hell of a life. It's a hell of a week. So I'm making a hell of a drink. <laughs> and we are calling this one the Bloodiest Mary. And the reason why tonight's drink is called a Bloody... Well, the reason why tonight's drink is Bloody Mary is, yeah, partly there's a big fucking bloody mess in my life right now. But also, the official cocktail of Ohio, fun fact is a bloody mary delicious 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 love a bloody mary i love a good bloody mary 
Um, Bloody Mary was invented actually around this time too because of prohibition. So a tragic part of our American history is when alcohol was illegal. Uh, and they would hide vodka in the tomato juice. So, I can and see if it. you didn't know, tomato juice is what Ohio is known for. They love the tomatoes. The tomatoes are tomatoes. They're all about them. And uh, so we're calling this one the bloodiest maker. Bloody. So, and Katie knows I make a goddamn good bloody mary. You do make a good bloody I do make a goddamn good bloody mary. <laughs> Sometimes I like them with the bacon in them. Sometimes I like them with... It's got to uh, be so crisp that when you touch it, it shatters. Oh, <laughs> so good. I don't have any bacon in this one, but, <laughs> but, so you're going to take your ice shaker. You're going to add your scoop of ice. Do two and a half ounces of vodka. Do three if you're feeling like me. And then four ounces of Bloody Mary mix. Now, two of my favorite Bloody Mary mixes, because this is really what kind of makes or breaks your drink. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Zing Zang is a really good one. You can find that one pretty much anywhere. Another one, which is from the most unlikely of places, it's called Traeger Smoked, and it's actually from Ace's Hardware Store. <laughs> Very weird. My friend randomly found it. He was at Ace Hardware for something, was standing in line, saw it, and he's like, I'm going to try this, and my God, it's fucking bomb. So who knew? Who knew? So you're going to add that in there. You're going to add two dashes of, I cannot say this for the life of me, Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. You know, aside real quick, <laughs> we were one, I was watching a TikTok, and the woman said instead of Worcestershire, she said Worcestershire sister sauce, and I don't know if she was trying to make a joke or if that's literally what she was calling it. I'll never call it anything else. Give me two dashes of Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> I had a friend who called the washer a washer. And I know who you're talking about, and there's no excuse for that because she grew up in California like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> they said, is it really clean? It's not clean unless you wash it. I was like, hmm, that sounds like you stuck something down a toilet and went, I don't know. Anyways, two dashes of washer sister sauce and a half ounce of green olive juice, not black Taylor. Okay, I know we, t- we pick on Taylor a lot, but he deserves it because let me tell you why. <laughs> We were making Bloody Marys. Sorry, baby. We were making Bloody Marys. Is he in the room right now? (laughs) No, he's not. He'll be listening to this. (laughs) And I'll get a look. A stink eye. Um, So, yeah, we're making Bloody Marys. We needed somebody to go to the store and get olives for our Bloody Marys. We were very specific about what we were using before. He comes back with a can of black olives. <laughs> we made him go back and get the right stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I was like, what? What the kind hell? Of disgusting, barbaric, offensive Bloody Mary are you making with black olives? I don't have a fucking little can, like a tin can, too. Oh, gosh. Come on now, son. So, yeah, green olive juice. Then you're going to add a couple dashes. I do about two to four of Tabasco. If you like it really salty to Tapatio, I'm a Tapatio person on all my food, but when it comes to my Bloody Marys, it's Tabasco, baby. Like, I don't know. And then I do I do a dash of lime juice. Now, you can take a couple lime wedges, squeeze and drop, or you can get the squirt of lime juice up to you. And then I shake that mama. And then I take my glass... You're going to get a normal pint-sized kind of glass there. Salt the rim. I salt it with tahini and salt mixed. So, you you know, grease it up with some lime juice and dap it in there. 
Then you're gonna pour your drink in, and like I said, I like to top it with a slice of very crisp bacon. And Katie really likes the blue cheese stuffed olives. So much. Lime wedge, lemon wedge, lemon wedge, and a pepper. And don't forget the celery. So it's not a Bloody Mary if you don't have celery. Here's another fun tip. If you go out to brunch with your friends and there's like more than like three of you, get a Bloody Mary because that's your meal before the meal. And while everyone else is waiting and starving and waiting for their like omelets and shit, you're already like three salads in, so yeah. You're like, give me that little pepper, that pickle, that olive, oh, yeah. that little cocktail onion. You're t- perfect. Oh my gosh! Or like, there's this place called the Attic in Long Beach, oh, yes. and they have a whole Bloody Mary menu, and one of them's called the Meaty Man, and they actually put a slider on top of your Bloody Mary. It's yep, the best. So that's a real snack. So yeah, so we're drinking. So cheers, guys. Cheers. Oh, um, man. It's, it's been a life. <laughs> I honestly might go to work drunk tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, you may have to. I may have to. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things where you don't want to wake up. <laughs> <Just kidding>. oh, <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, I need a. <laughs> like we're saying, reference. follow crimes cocktails. That's the new Instagram crimes cocktails. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your grandparents, tell your enemies, everybody. Yes. yes. You know what? Make a bunch of fake accounts and follow it. <laughs> yeah. For every fake account you get, we'll send you a sticker. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Just kidding. But, like, I'm kidding or maybe I'm not. <laughs> Unless you want to. <laughs> Unless you want to. So, yeah. All right. Cheers. Oh, Let's dive in. All right. So now that you've heard our sad stories for the week, <laughs> I swear we could have a podcast where we just talk about our what happened to us it's that week. It's all crime with a dash of my own self-pity and loathing. <laughs> That's what our single shots are going to turn into, just <laughs> our sob stories stabbing to my life. You know what? I'm cracking up because um, one of my friends, she uh, she just went to Japan and she's like, I brought you back something. And I was like, okay, cool. And then she, after I told her what was going on, she's like, I'm going to mail you your gift right now. And I was like, what is it? And she's like, it's a lucky rabbit's foot. Oh, God. Yeah, you can need it. <laughs> I was like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because her mom, every every time she talks to her mom, I guess her mom asks her, like, so how's Tabitha doing? <laughs> What happened? Because I'm that one sad friend that just always has something going on. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I try to attract happiness and life and positivity, but social media though, guys, honestly, go, if you have not done it right now, set up your two authenticator, which I did have, but just like download all your shit off Facebook, Instagram, make sure you have your pictures saved somewhere that's not on social media and and change your password just for the hell of it. There was a massive um, breach on the dark web this week, which is why I think actually this happened to me. A lot of passwords were um, let out. So it doesn't matter how unimportant you think you are in the world. Someone will ruin your day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a life lesson for Aunt Tabitha. (laughs) (laughs) Cares. 
tap me off. <laughs> Not a one barkeep. All right. So let's take a time machine back to 1934 before all these problems hit us because we weren't born yet. <laughs> yeah. So there was another problem going on, though, guys. The United States was in the middle of the Great Depression. <laughs> so, um, the recession that we all lived through in 2008. Well, you know, we lived through. I don't know about everybody listening. Um, what, it was bad. Do you think they are? What was that? Wait, if you were born, if you were born past 2008, go go get permission from your mom. <laughs> go back to your TikTok <laughs> dancing. I don't think you should be here. How old are kids? People who were born in 2008 aren't kids anymore, are they? I, I can't do math right now, really. <laughs> My brain's fried. <laughs> what year are we in? They would be 14 if they were born in 2008. So, yeah, okay, you can't listen to this. Get out of here. Get out of here. No. I mean, even the ones who were born in 2000, I'm just like, did you really live it? They could drink now. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. I'm already in the Great Depression. Do we need to be more depressed? Let's just go back to, to this. Come on. Uh, you know, and then coming out of COVID right now, some things are going on, depression wise. But none of that mattered at all. It wasn't jack shit compared to the Great Depression. So in 2020, unemployment was up by 6.7% in the U.S. And then during the Great Depression... Unemployment was up by 25.6%. I would have so, hung myself. Let's just put it into perspective. A lot of people did. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, in 1931, um, almost 100,000 Clevelanders, which is about 50% of the population, were out of work. That is insane. Yeah. So um, sometimes I complain about my job, but right now I'm thankful that I have a job. So... Anyway, so many people were unemployed that charities and the local government were unable to provide any help to people at all. No food, no shelter, you know, on and on. The perks that we get now. The city was overwhelmed in Cleveland, you know, and the entire U.S., of course, was just desolate. Two million people were homeless in the U.S. at that time. So here we are in the industrial city. So many dating options. (laughs) What was that? What was that? I said so many dating options. Oh my god. <laughs> you have your pick of the litter. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I accidentally went on a date with a homeless guy one time, but that's a story for another day. So. <laughs> He's like, got any newspaper? <laughs> Let's just say it's hard to tell if you're a hipster or a homeless person sometimes, okay? Okay, honestly, I, I saw him and I didn't wouldn't think he was homeless. Yes, and thank you. Went Tabitha saw him the next day and he was wearing the same clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and the next day. And the next oh day. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Alright, so we're in Cleveland. Uh, during the worst times of our country, or one of the worst times. Um, and then on top of everything else that's going on, we're going to throw in a serial killer. That's their time and, to thrive, man. Yeah. That's when they come in alive. chaos. In chaos. And this is a very gruesome serial killer. Oh, yeah. So between 1934 and 1938, as Katie mentioned earlier, 13 people were murdered in an area called Kingsbury Run. Kingsbury Run is a prehistoric riverbed that runs from 
the flats, which is an area along Cuyahoga River, I believe that's how that's pronounced, which is near Lake Erie. And it's to about East 90th Street. So if you know the area, that's it. To the rest of us, doesn't mean jack shit. So anyways, <laughs> there's a riverbed near a lake that this is kind of where this, this shit was going down. Kingsbury Run, though, was a dark, dreary, dangerous place, which is kind of exactly how I envisioned it. Like, uh, they actually, a lot of it was called Hobo Jungle, um, which is exactly how you would picture it. Full of trash and filth. There's train tracks that are kind of running through it, which made it easy for people kind of jumping back and forth on and off the trains, jumping from town to town. Just one of those kind of areas where you just you just picture like, yeah, like this is where the city cockroaches live kind of a thing. Um, so this area was right next to the Roaring Third, which was another little area there that was known to have a lot of bars and brothels, flop houses, gambling dens, kind of a more livelier, sudsy, like Fremont Street kind of action of Vegas, like kind of an area there. So we have the homeless, you know, pit of despair. And then we have kind of this, um, pit of despair. Yeah. Pit of despair. That's how I sounded also the last two days. Cause on top of all this, of course I'd be sick. So why not? If my voice goes out, you all know why <laughs> just carry on with your lives. But so that's kind of, what, this is a little bit of like that area that's happening here. You know, you've got people that are probably with some money, a little bit of money, you know, it's not like there's a whole lot of rich people roaming around, but you got some people going and blowing their money at these brothels and gambling dens and stuff. And then right outside, you've got this just kind of like tent city, probably like that's the kind of vibe there. Yeah. Um, in September of 1934, a young man was taking a walk by Lake Erie when he happened upon what looked like a red leather buoy at first, kind of bobbing a little bit in the water area by the lake there. Um, so he, he kind of was like, that's interesting. Gets a little bit closer. And he discovered that it was not a red buoy. It was a red torso of a woman. And yes, I said red. Um, the thighs were still attached, but amputated at the knees. And her head was missing. So it was just, you could see her breast, shoulders, and then her thighs all the way up to like the knee area there. Uh, when they investigated, you know, looked in and the, the police come and corner and everything. Uh, she had been dead for approximately six months. But they had assumed that she'd only been in the water for about four months. Coroner A.J. Pierce said that a chemical preservative had turned the skin this red color. So obviously it wasn't it wasn't a natural looking like reddish skin tone or thing. It was just this red Um, and it had kind of toughened up and made the skin like extra leathery. They searched the beach and water for other traces of remains, but they didn't find anything and her head was never found. So she was referred to as the Lady of the Lake. And it's this is actually kind of like the first victim, but she wasn't identified as the first victim of this case until two years later. 
So at this point, it was just a random case by itself. It was just a mystery. Um, and they had, you know, they didn't have a way to ID this woman because it's not like DNA is a thing 100 years ago. And they don't have, a, they went often by faces. So fingerprints or faces or something like that, if they don't have that, then they can't really identify <clears throat> this person. So Yeah, yeah. So one year later, on September 23rd, 1935, two teenage boys made another grisly discovery. At the bottom of what was known as Jackass Hill, which is where <laughs> East 49th Street dead ends into Kingsbury Run. I want to know what was behind that name. I'm just picturing um, Johnny Knoxville, like, doing yeah. stupid shit down this hill. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I can see it. <laughs> now, the boys um, found two bodies. Both were beheaded and emasculated. The first body was naked except for a pair of socks. The body was clean and drained of all blood with rope burns around both wrists. The coroner uh, concluded that the cause of death was the decapitation and the body went into shock. Which is like horrendous <laughs> to think that that's how that person died. Like, yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine. And, and this is not like a guillotine decapitation. This is someone sawing this person's head off like yeah back and forth back and forth the autopsy report stated that his head was decapitated in the mid cervical region with a fracture of the mid cervical vertebrae so like tabitha said not a clean cut at all um and we could only imagine what was used to do this (laughs) um it's disgusting to think about Uh, Fortunately, in this case, police were able to ID the body from fingerprints, and the victim was identified as 28-year-old Edward Andresi, who was a hospital orderly. He was um, routinely seen in the Roaring Third. It was estimated that he was killed a few days prior to being found. And while the police were investigating the area where Andresi was found, they came upon a second body, and that one had also been decapitated and emasculated. It appeared to be covered with the same chemical preservatives as the lady in the lake. This body appeared to have been dead for at least a couple of weeks, and the body was estimated to be roughly 40 years. Unfortunately, he has never been identified. Yeah, it's unfortunate. (coughs) Excuse me. So, let me take a sip of my drink here real quick. Can't resist a Bloody Mary, no matter also, what. Also, y'all, if you can hear my husband talking in the background, he's really loud on the phone, and I've texted him four times. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't hear him. I hear the cars going by. Okay, good. I can hear him, like, very clearly, because he walks around while he talks on the phone, and every time he walks close, I think, to where the stairs are, I can hear him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear him at all. <laughs> All right, good. I could have been quiet. It's good to know it's not like a ghost, though, you know, coming in like we normally have, so. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if the mic will pick it up or not. Oh, my God. Yeah, so four months later, after these two bodies at Jackass Hill were found, on January, or in January of 1936, this is pretty, pretty rough. This woman found a basket. Um, It was what they call, like, two half- it was a half bushel basket, which is just this kind of like a bushel larger. and a peck. Yeah, <laughs> love you a bushel and a peck and a hug around the neck or whatever. I don't know what that <laughs> phrase is, but anyways, there was a basket full of neatly wrapped body parts in these half bushel baskets or two baskets, I guess. Um, so 
if you can kind of picture how they would have packaged meat, like from the butcher with like the brown paper packages inside of the oh strings. These are a few of my favorite limbs. <laughs> That's basically what was here. I know. Um, So fucked up. But you guys already know that. So Yeah. There's a warning at the beginning of the episode. If you didn't listen and you made it here, that's not my problem. (laughs) Disclaimer. Not my problem. Um, So, yeah. So she found these two baskets with these body parts wrapped up in them. Uh, They were left alongside the heart manufacturing building. And that's heart. H-A-R-T. Not like boom-boom. Um, building on Central (laughs) Avenue near East 20th Street. So the rest of the remains were actually found except for the head. Um, They were found about 10 days later in a nearby vacant lot on Orange Avenue. I don't think that the um, body, the remainder of the body parts that they found were neatly wrapped. It was just the ones in these baskets, which was just this killer was just, I think, trying to fuck with people. I mean, he's just trying to add some extra shock value here. Um, so, like, victims one and two, which are the two men that were found uh, at the bottom of Jackass Hill, the cause of death had also been decapitation. So, and in this case, the killer waited for rigor mortis to set in before taking apart the rest of the body um and if you guys don't know what rigor mortis is that's when your body starts to kind of set and freeze after you die your body is you know kind of loose for a little bit but then it it, it starts to stiffen so yeah. he waited until the body stiffened and then decided to cut which maybe made for some cleaner cuts i'm not i think sure. there'd be less blood splatter all yeah over the place. that too actually Cleveland police used fingerprints to identify victim three as Florence Palillo. Uh, she was a waitress and a barmaid who, at the time of her death, she resided at East 32nd Street in Carnegie, and she was right on the edge of Roaring Third. So, kind of in that little area there. Um, however... So they, yeah, so they did identify this one. Sorry, I was getting a little, see, I'm getting a little mixed up. So we've, we have four bodies now, but it's confusing because the first one, if you remember the Lady Lake, they call her victim zero. So I, I, I'm like, what torso am I on right now? Um, <laughs> it's a track. Yeah, it's a track. <laughs> so a couple months after that, so that was in January is when the basket of body parts was found in June of that same year, 1936, early one morning in Kingsbury Run, of course it'd be two little boys again, uh, they discovered the head of a white male wrapped up in a pair of trousers close to East 55th Street Bridge. Uh, the next day, the Cleveland police found the body of some 20-something-year-old man dumped in front of the Nickel Plate Railroad Police Building. And this body had been cleaned and drained of blood, and the corpse was intact except for the severed head, which is probably the head that the boys found, is kind of what they were coming to that conclusion at the time. Uh, The coroner, Pierce, he again determined that the death had been caused by, once again, you guessed it, 
decapitation. In spite of a fresh set of fingerprints, excuse me, goodness, the tomato <laughs> juice. Um, in spite of a fresh set of fingerprints and the presence of six very distinct tattoos on this person's body, the police were not able to identify this victim, which is sad. It's, it's, it's just really sad, sad to how many of them people. aren't identified. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, what they did at this time, which it's creepy to think about, but I mean, <clears throat> this is a hundred years ago. They don't. They're trying to think of like how can we identify people. So it's kind of creative. They did a plaster mold of the severed head, so that yeah. they could kind of do a recreation of the face. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had that out on display for people to, not the head, the actual head, but, you know, the plaster <laughs> reproduction. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, honestly. Uh, so that they could kind of get people to see and be like, oh, I recognize that person. Mm-hmm. They also had a diagram of what kind of tattoos this guy had on his body, and they kind of, like, located it, you know, on a map of a person to be like, hey, like, this tattoo's here on this arm, etc. So, you know, they were definitely thinking outside the box here, like, how can we identify this person? Um, and these were on display at the Great Lakes Exposition of 1936, so more than 100,000 people saw this tattoo chart and this death mask, but unfortunately he was still never identified, which is just, I mean, kudos for the police actually, like, trying to do some serious police work here and, mm-hmm. and get, I, I don't know, I think that that's kind of ingenious for the time, to be honest, for them to think like, okay, we've got this going on, how can we do this, get in front of many guys as possible, but alas. Uh, the original death mask, though, and there are a couple other of these death, math, death masks that actually exist from some of the other severed heads, they are still on display at the Cleveland Police Museum. So if you are in Cleveland, you can go and see these creepy death masks. Compare them to relative photos that you have. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. So July 1936, so this is, um, you know, the next month, a teenage girl came across the decapitated remains of a 40-year-old white male while walking through the woods near Clinton Road and Big Creek, which is near the west side of Cleveland. The victim had been dead about two months, and his head, as well as a pile of bloody clothing, were found nearby. Judging by the enormous quantity of blood they had that had seeped into the ground, the man had apparently been killed where his body was found and just left there. It's this was so victim number five. The other ones, I mean, they didn't find like blood like that in these other areas. No, so like, it's interesting because this killer, he seems to be going after everybody. And um, so nobody's safe. And then he's, like, experimenting. It's yeah. very strange. And it's almost, to me, makes me think, like, maybe this person, like, he was interrupted with this victim. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, for him to go from just, okay, yeah, I've cut up this body part and put it in weird places to, oh, I've taken the time to wrap up body parts now and put it in a basket. Mm-hmm. To just okay, yeah, the, I just killed this person here and left all the blood and everything. Or so. maybe he heard somebody coming. Yeah, got, like, interrupted or something, maybe. Never know. This man was, unfortunately, also never identified. All right, so September 1936. A man tripped over the upper half of a man's torso while he was trying to hop a train on East 37th Street in Kingsbury Run, which... 
Oh, God. <laughs> I, um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, did I not go for somebody's suitcase? No, it's a body. So Cleveland police searched a nearby pool, which was nothing more than like a big open sewer. And then they found the lower half of the torso and parts of both of this person's legs. Police sent a diver in to make a recovery. The number, the number of onlookers that turned out to watch the grim spectacle was estimated at over 600, and the killer may have been among them at oh, this I'm point. Oh, I'm sure he was. Yeah, taking in his, his dirty work. So victim number six was in his late 20s, and the cause of death, yet again, decapitation. So coroner Pierce noted that the lack of hesitation marks in the disarticulation of the body indicated a strong, confident killer who was very familiar with human anatomy. The victim died instantly when the head was cut off in one bold, clean stroke. And victim number six was also never identified. Never, never. Yeah, it's 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 definitely like you're definitely seeing a progression here um, and experimenting Mm -hmm. Uh, and then just kind of, but I mean, what's so creepy and scary about this guy is like, normally with a lot of serial killers, you know, they stick to one type of victim. It's like, it's just women or it's just men or it's just, it's just white women, you know, or some like whatever it is, or it's just children or something. There's, there's usually something that connects them. The only thing that's really connecting anyone is location. Yeah. So anyone that happens to be in this area which could be someone going to gamble could be someone who lives you know in some encampment there could be just it could be anyone so it's very scary um and that they're all de- decapitated and that they're all decapitated and that 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 is such a hard thing to do like it's not <laughs> like i know from experience or anything but it's just i mean it, it's hard to to do any of that i mean it's a lot of, especially if he's doing this to full-grown men, too. I mean, some of these people, it's just like, how is this guy overpowering them? Like, yeah. how is he doing that? And how is it doing when there's more than one victim? Were the victims together? Like, is it just he caught one, killed one, then second? It's Yeah, and then dumping him in similar areas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, um, we said was going to be a two-parter. It may even be a three-parter. We will debate that. But this is already a lot to take in. So we are at seven victims now. And we said there's 13. So I think this is actually a good place for us to kind of cap for now. Because we don't want to have too long of an episode. Kind of like that 45-minute sweet spot, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um... Yeah, so I think we'll actually end for this episode here, and then when we get back, we will kind of go through the next set of victims. And then, like like Katie was saying earlier, you know, we're definitely going to go into a little bit more of some of the investigation that went on, some of the theories, some of the suspects, and then I really want to talk about the hauntings. So this could actually be a three-parter. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a three-parter. Yeah, because it... Because we mean, have about, you know, half of the other victims to go through, so... Yeah, they're alert, so... That's okay, we're going to keep drinking Bloody Marys for all three episodes. <laughs> and while we're going to keep saying, please follow us at Crimes.Cocktails. Yes, <laughs> please follow us Instagram, at Crimes.Cocktails. Please be our friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, if, you know, just 
fuck Facebook. <laughs> Unless you know somebody who works there that we can talk yeah, to. Yeah, I love you, and I'll be your best friend, and I will draw something for you. I don't know. I'll buy you something. I'll buy you something. I don't know what. How much, though? Because I can't find my wallet. I'll cap it at 20 bucks, because I'm on my money, but I'll buy yeah. you something. Something of your choice that is twenty dollars for under. <laughs> yeah, your choice, <laughs> bitches. But it also depends on what your choice. You know, nothing illegal. So. I don't think you can buy anything illegal for under twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, the Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dollar Tree. I'm gonna take it to you the Dollar Shop. <laughs> you can buy the Dollar Shop. All right, guys. Well. We're going to keep trucking, even if, you know, this is only falling to a couple people's ears. But we're going to keep on trucking, because you can't kick us down, like, totally down. And I won't <laughs> back down. <laughs> and I won't back down. So, all right. My voice is definitely about to go out now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a good thing we're ending the episode. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Keep it cool. Keep it so cool that you follow us at Crimes.com. All right. Yes. Peace. Peace.